Yo, yo. Check one, check, one, check, one, two. <laughs> you ready one for second. a show? Yeah, one second. I'm about to pour a tequila real quick. Patron or Don Julian? Don oh, Julian. My man. Yeah. My man, Don. Woo-hoo! <laughs> feeling loose on any rock and any goose. <laughs> one second, boys. We can get started. Yeah, you can fire it up. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I got uh, two funny motherfuckers that I've known for a decent amount of time now. Uh, Brandon Guzda and Adam DeMillo. Guys, how are we doing? Awesome, brother. Awesome. Check one. Living two, the one, dream. Two, how are we living? Here. What's up? We're live on here. Yeah, we're live. All right, baby. We live. Brandon's already <laughs> out of breath. Yeah, I, I, walked, I walked from my couch to the tequila, back to my couch, and I'm breathing heavy. Woo! What do you? Would you pour Don Julio? Don Julio. Yeah. Hey, now I'm here on me. Yeah, that's Say right. That's what I told you. Just be yourself. Don't be awkward. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> how long? Uh, how long you two been uh, friends now? Because you guys go back. Fuck. Yeah, I, I'm 10, 15 years, you know, started off Rocky and then we just, you know, became the two best friends that anyone can have. Um, <laughs> little enemies back in the day. And then one day, you know, he looked at me and I looked at him and he's just like, we got the same cleats. I'm like, yeah, we do. He goes, <laughs> dope. And I said, yeah, I guess. We fist bumped in line at practice in, in middle school. And he's just like, I'm Adam. I'm like, I'm Brandon. Goes, my mom's making dinner at six. You want to come over? I'm like, this dude just invited me to dinner. I'm like, hell yeah. He goes, all right, cool. So you have to practice. And then we just became became homies. You know, I had the long hair in front of my eyes, the Justin Bieber look growing up. So he always, from afar, I was jealous. Was always of course, of course, I was jealous. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> was that yeah. what was was that West Seneca Little Loop football or was that? Middle school, little loop football, all that, all that fun stuff back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck. All right. Well, then we'll we'll get right into it. Um. So, like, we'll start with you, Brandon. So, like, yeah. you, um, you said you. I didn't even know this until you mentioned it earlier. But you did two years at John Carroll. But did you originally go to John Carroll, or did yeah. you yeah. stay home first? Originally went to John Carroll. So, um, right after high school, I went over to John Carroll in Cleveland, Ohio. Went there my freshman year. Went back there for my sophomore year. Ended up with an injury. Um, started drinking a lot. Said, you know what? <laughs> giving up my pursuit of happiness in the sports industry. And, you know, I'm following, you know, my heart and my business mind. And, you know, I moved home. Went to university at Buffalo. And, you know, that's all she wrote. And here we are. What did now. you – were you – because I know, like, you're – like super involved with Rachel's and shit like that. Yeah. And for anyone that not doesn't know, Rachel's Mediterranean in uh, Buffalo here. Um, where did you go to business school to start, or yeah, how did you fall into that? Yeah, so right off the start, you know, I always you know had a business sense and loved the industry, loved just you know the X's and O's of the business field, and so I dived into it since I was a freshman. You know, business management, marketing, and all that fun stuff. So. Um, and then, you know, situational opportunity and working hard. And I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in fortune. I believe everything happens for a reason. But 
your hard work and your opportunity gets you to where you are in your life. You know what I mean? Um, no, no one has luck and, oh, they're so lucky. They're so fortunate. He did it. You know, he put the work in. Everybody wants to be rich and famous. Nobody wants to put in the work to do it. Even buying a lottery ticket. You went to the store. You took that $2 out of your pocket and you gave yourself that opportunity to win $200 million. You know what I mean? You're not lucky. Uh-huh. not fortunate. He took that opportunity, you know? Yeah, I feel you on that. Now, um, before we get more into it, Adam, you ended up going to uh, Maryland, which kind of like going off of Brandon's side, I mean, they're sure, I'm sure there's people that kind of said that you got lucky with that, but knowing you the way I know you, you were always working like a motherfucking dog. So with uh, going to Maryland, obviously that was a lacrosse decision, but what, uh, what other schools did you get recruited by? Before um, you ultimately decide on Maryland. I mean, I know what schools you did, but like for people listening. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back in the day, now now things are a lot different in terms of the rules. But back in the day, you could get recruited as like, you know, a seventh grader. So it was uh, it was definitely weird, like trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life, what school you want to go to at like 13. And uh, when it came down to it, I mean, I'm a huge people's person, like the the people are what matter the most. I don't care like when they, I didn't care about the name of the university. I cared about like the people there. I wanted to believe like that they were gonna take care of me when I went, you know, as a thirteen year old. Like, you know, you could figure out like just like Brandon, you could figure out whatever you want to do. It doesn't really matter. That was kind of my whole philosophy. So I wanted to go somewhere where it had a good like you know, a good foundation of people and and I went to, I came down to Hopkins in Maryland at the end of the day. I had like, you know, I had a bunch of different schools lined up to visit, but I mean, to get my parents to commit to like, you know, going to like UNC or going out to Notre Dame just to get, you know, just to walk around a campus that I know nothing about and like, no, no, I have no idea what I really want to do. I didn't see a point. So we, I basically made a commitment to the people more than anything and at the end of the day, it was that like visiting Maryland. I visited there probably, I don't know, four or five times. My commitment, and I visited. It was became there in Hopkins. So, not to I speak for Maryland. Adam either, but Adam committed at like he said at a young age. You know, being at that age, you, you know, and heavily recruited like he was. You know, he was a freshman in high school, and you know, getting attacked by all these schools and stuff like that to make a decision. You know, based off like oh, all this sports and hype and all this stuff, you know, that's a tough decision to make. But, you know, it being that age, like, I mean, it's awesome. And like you said, spinning off luck, how people looked at him and stuff like that, because, you know, being his best friend and growing up alongside, everyone's just like, oh, that dude's so fortunate. He's just, he got, he's blessed. He was born with that skill. But I'll tell you firsthand, Adam was up at 5 a.m. Adam was the last one to bed. He was the first one on the field. You know, he, he put that work in, you know. He wasn't lucky. He wasn't fortunate. It's not like he was born into this family of lacrosse all-stars. But, you know, it, it's like how his work ethic, and that's where he is in his life right now. You know, he's the first one there, the last one to leave. Like, he'll do 100% of effort and time and 100% of himself 100% of the time, even when nobody's looking. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't care if no one's there. He's by himself. Like, me and Ben, <laughs> we went out. We had a couple two trees. A couple, <laughs> couple two trees. Random. Adam had no idea. You know, we pop over his house. I'm stumbling in, telling X, Y, and Z stories. And, you know, he's on the computer after hours, late night. You know, work grind and stuff like that. And, you know, just 
no one's looking, no one's watching. He doesn't have to be, you know, he's, he's clocked out, but someone like that, you're never clocked out. You're not, you're no. not getting rich and famous, you know, working nine to five. No, of course. I uh, know we had, uh, when we, when we had dinner at John Carlos for uh-huh. Vito's going away, we had a little conversation about that, um, yeah, yeah. what you were just saying, but, uh, Adam back to like, obviously, cause like I kind of grew, I mean, I would say that I grew up playing with you. We didn't play on every team together, but we played on a fair amount of teams and, um, you know, I, there was definitely like, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I definitely heard it a lot where it was just like, oh, like his brother Miles went to Mercyhurst or his brother Miles is good and knows a lot of college kids. So like, you know, they would say like, oh, Adam got lucky because he was always playing with college kids and stuff like that. But to your point, it, it like me and you both know this since we both played D1 is that like no one gets to that level just by pure luck like there's no one at that level that's like a scrub per se especially like at fucking maryland so was you working hard was that something i don't don't know if this is too personal or not but was that something that like you wanted to be better than your brother or you it was just like a bond between your brother and then you carry you you know kind of took that work ethic with your own little tailspin on it and then improved it which ultimately led you to maryland or like what what was that like um, I would, I mean, obviously as like a younger brother, you want to be better than your brother, but I had like aspirations to like be better than everybody. Uh-huh. Cause I think everybody who is like a super, like uber competitive person, I think should be like, you want to be better than Brandon wants to be everybody better than everybody. You want to be like the best realtor you can possibly be better than everybody else. Like if you're not best trying podcaster. to, outwork the, if you're not trying to be, you know, outwork the next person, then, you know, then you're just you're stagnant i'm a big like forward momentum person like in, with go. everything you know whether it's whether it's relationships whether it's you know friendships like you know me and Bryce, we, we you know we have grown in our conversations as like people like we talk about you know way more important things now than we did when we were you know little <laughs> rugrats like that's for sure i i just think like you know if you have the mindset to be the best you know version of yourself and uh-huh be better than everybody else and you know as you go i mean there's mm-hmm. the sky's the limit 100 I mean, there's no limitations in this world unless you put them on yourself right up I'm, I think. I, and i'm gonna spin off that too like how i look at it and i know adam looks at it like this and I, the people should look at it like this is everybody's replaceable there is someone out there that's working harder than you that is smarter than you that can do your job better that can you know spin better game than you can get that girl can do all but but what are you doing to make sure that doesn't happen, that you don't get replaced, that you're not going to get out work? What are you doing in that time to be successful, to be a better human, you know, to do small things with great love? Like, what are you doing to separate yourself from the rest? How, how can you get to that tier and that level? And I am out of breath. I went to the fridge to pour my second tequila. So <laughs> just to let you boys know where we're at right now. Uh, <laughs> But like, yo, is he walking? Is he running? Is he pacing? What, what's that man's doing right now? Uh, just, uh, you're fucking out of your tough. mind. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of funny because, like I said, like I didn't know I didn't know you two were friends like right away, but because yeah. um, I knew at I'm trying to think, like I think Adam, I met you when you were in uh, I want to say fifth or sixth grade, and you yeah. were just <laughs> you were fucking better than every single one of us. So like you go, you doing what you did was like it wasn't a surprise to me. And on top of it, you worked your fucking ass off too, which kind of getting your both of your takes on it. Um, 
is like for me like i'm sure brandon with you there's been people like obviously what you're doing with like the business development with rachel's and shit uh-huh. like that like there's probably a lot of people that have either like said things to you or like you've heard through the grapevine of people being like how how is guzda in that position yeah. because you know for people that don't know you and i you know i mean this in the not in, a, in uh <laughs> like a, in a bad way but like like you're a clown like not for in sure. like a bad way but like 100%. you are just fucking out of your fucking mind like you're a wild person Born but wild, at, for sure and so, like, to me, I, you know, I've had conversations with my mom and other buddies about this. Like, it seems as though that if, like, you are one of those people and you are, like, a little wild and you're a little out there and you have that I don't give a fuck attitude, it kind of comes across as, like, you're going to be a loser in life. You're not going to be successful. And I've always found that people that are kind of, like, out of their minds and crazy in the fun aspects kind of like how both of you are i i mean no offense adam i don't think you're as wild as Boucher <laughs> is, but like you're both like you're both wild people so like do you what is your take on like that whole notion that like you gotta be a certain way and you gotta act a certain way 100%. before you could be successful yeah no doubt uh that's that's a great point you know i've heard it my whole life like you know i was that jokester that trickster i mean i my senior year the class clown you know, it goes out and like, it's sort of like all eyes on you, Brandon. What are you doing funny next? What joke are you going to say? Like, oh, go do some, like, oh, like make us laugh. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I, I and I know it too. I, I have that persona, you know, I have a reputation, you know, I, I know a lot of people in Buffalo, New York, um, good and bad reasons, you know what I mean? And, you know, but I don't let that determine who I am as a human being. And like I said, like, I'm not afraid to be who I am. That's why, you know, I'm, you're not, you're crazy. I, I am a hundred percent Brandon Guzda, a hundred percent of the time. I'm in a, I, I'm opinionated. I'm not afraid to suck. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to ask questions. You know, I don't get mad at constructive criticism. I thrive off of stuff like that. I thrive off someone thinking I'm going to fail or thinking I'm bad because I'm going to motivate myself and I'm going to, you know, it teaches me how to improve. It teaches me, you know, how to get better or how to fix things or how to meet expectations and stuff like that. And like, people's opinions are people's opinions at the end of the day. Like people are going to think what they're going to think regardless. So what might, what might as well have fun. What are you doing this all for in your life? If you don't have fun, you know, you don't enjoy, you don't seize the moment. Like nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. You know, I'm going to do everything I want whenever I want. No, no, no exaggeration. I could be sitting at the white house with the president of the United States. You know, I'm going to be who I am, you know, a, a, a situational opportunity, you know, arises. I'm going to say a joke. I'm going to be who I am. I, I like, you know, people and people think that's crazy. People are like, yo, you're nuts. You know who you're sitting. Yeah, but I'm Brandon Guzda, you know, I say it all the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff Bezos is Jeff Bezos. All credit to the man. My goal in life is I'm going to buy him out. He's going to work for me one day. I'm going to strive off of just being the best. And people take it as, you know, oh, yeah, you're, you're talking nuts. All right, I'm going to put in the work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be who I am. You know, I'm like I said, I'm just not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to mess up. You know, I'm not afraid to get laughed at. I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to suck at something. No one's good at everything. Um, uh-huh. you know, my saying, I live off it. I say it to Adam all the time. We say it back to each other. Like, everybody wants to be a gangster until you got to <laughs> be a gangster. Straight up. Straight like, up. Listen, listen to the words one more time, bro. Real quick. Like, you know, <laughs> off, the, off the record, everything. You know, my, my polo button down is po- buttoned all the way down right now. But listen, honestly, 
everybody wants to be a gangster until you got to be a gangster. Straight up. Everybody wants to be that gangster and flaunt. And I'm going to go buy that BMW 7 Series. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm going to flaunt. I have money. Okay, now it's time to be a gangster. You hit a pothole. You need an alignment. $7,000 maintenance fee. The big gulp. You know what I mean? You want to be a gangster in your life. You want to be that guy. What are you going to do? How are you going to back it up? You know, you're signing your name next to everything you do in life. That's what you're going to be remembered as. That's how you're going to be taken, you know, perceived. That's your reputation. You know, me growing up the way I grew up, being that funny guy, the Mr. I don't give a fuck kind of attitude, you know, led me to have a reputation the way I did. But what people don't understand is what I say when nobody's looking, what I do, how I'm in the office on Friday night till 9 p.m., how I'm asking questions, how I'm thriving to succeed, how I'm trying to learn and improve. You know, I, 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 I train insane or I remain the same every day of my life. You know, I'm not by any means like growing up next to Adam, like Adam, you know, he wasn't fortunate. He worked, you know, he got God given talent of, you know, athletic ability. I was by no means the most athletic, the fastest, the strongest, the, you know, the most knowledgeable, but I was always someone that did everything I could do with my two hands. And I tried, you know, I, I always gave it a hundred percent of the effort. And what else can you ask for in life? You know, you're, you're willing to take criticism. You're willing to learn. You're willing to improve. You're not, you know, the biggest thing with me is like, I don't say something off tip my tongue. I don't say something until like, I know it. You'll ask me a question. My boss asks me questions at times. I don't know. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to do my research. And I'm going to get an answer for you. I'm not just going to say something to make it seem good in the moment. So, you know, that, that's how I take on my life. You know, that got me to where I am. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere lucky in my upbringing, my childhood. You know, I, I didn't have what, you know, it's very middle class, you know, lower end. You know, I had to work for everything. I, I wasn't, you know, as fortunate as people would say as others but they're not fortunate. Their parents led them to success. That's what I'm trying to do for my kids. And my last name is, you know, build a, build something, build a culture, build a, build a family, build, you know, something my family can live off of and go from there. And that's, you know, how the ownership of Rachel's, like you're saying, you're building Rachel's. That's how they look at it. You know, I got really close with them. We've worked, you know, our tails off to get to where we're at and we don't want to stop. We want to just, you know, do as much as we can, you know, that means more employment. That means I can hire more people. We're all over 300 employees. When I started off, we had like 36. So we've really grown. And, and you, of course, you got to have a good product. You have to have a good system, a good culture. You know, you have to have your cell in there. But um, yeah, that, that's, that's what it is for me. That's my outlook on it. Like, I'm just, I am who I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? A little I'm an <laughs> for you there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, fucking Adam, with you, I mean, I, I, yeah, no, I completely agree with you wholeheartedly on everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Now, like, Adam, with you, like, do you, do you feel as though that if, like, if you're not serious all the time, 24-7, that it gives you, like, a bad rep and, like, it kind of gives, you know, others the uh, impression that you're not going to be successful? Because, I mean, like I said, like, you're a little, you're not as animated as Guzda is, but you're always down to have a good time. But then when it's, like, time to, like, take shit seriously, you were always, like, one of the first to to joke and also at the same time take shit seriously so like what's your take on that um i think everybody has to have their uh what do we call it brandon 
they're uh, like a vice. Yes, I they're think, vice. I think yes. I think vices right are like the most healthy thing for people. Like hundred percent. You know, if it's boo, like you know, if it's something that's unhealthy <laughs> that you want to do, go for it. Like if it makes if it brings you back to neutral, to start your work week on Monday, all to you. Like <laughs> I think I think vices are like the most healthy things that you know, like us as humans, we need like to get us back to neutral. Cause like, you know, if you're, if you're going a hundred miles an hour all the time, you need something to bring you back to, you know, to park, to park. Exactly. You know, so I, I think, yeah. I think, I think it's a, the, I mean, it's, it's a short answer, it, but I think everybody needs their vices to, you know, that, that makes them feel normal, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that in, um, Something that like I I saw actually kind of oh, real on, quick. I, do you hear a lot of background in this? I'm so I'm sorry. I'm starving. I'm about to make a pizza real quick. <laughs> so if you hear clicking and clacking, you could you could edit it out or something. I'm making a you know I make a bomb ass pizza sauce, man. Ask Adam, bro. Straight up. Straight uh, up. No, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna have to try that then. But no, you're good. Keep doing keep doing your thing, Chef. Um, Chef Boyer. So. Yeah, so Adam, after the and I'm not I'm not trying to compare Bama football to Maryland lacrosse, but um I saw some I saw like an interview with Kobe and Nick Saban, and Nick Saban was talking about how like as talented as some of the kids are when they get to Alabama, he still has to teach them how to work hard and to work hard in a way um, that they have incredible work ethics so that it translate into it translate in into the real world when you got to Maryland, was that something you just naturally always had? Or was that something that you kind of like Tillman and the other coaches and other players around you kind of like helped you develop within yourself? Um, to be honest, man, like you just put your head down and you're just going like that. I like, I wouldn't pick my head up. I'd have my head down. Like I'm just, we're here to work. And that's kind of like what you said, like, you know, you turn it on and turn it off. Like when we were outside of practice, like, God, you you loved like your teammates, but when you were pl- practicing, like all you wanted to do was jaw like your 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 best friends. Like you wanted to just punch them right in their mouth. Yeah, uh-huh. they're not um, your friends during that time. Yeah, and and to be honest, like you, it, it it all starts with like, I mean, it all starts at the top. Like the our coaches, like they turned it on. Like they'd be joking with you, like you know, in the training room, and then once you got out there, it was like. You know we're here to work, boys. Like let's let's get this going, and I I don't think they had to train. I think it was just like kind of expected. And then you know when you first get there, the seniors kind of set the standard. Like when I when I like our first drill, I got like literally a shoulder to the mouth, and I was like, oh shit, like this is this is how this is gonna go. And it was like a four and three drill, and I was like, oh my god, this this is all right. So let's do this. This is what's gonna happen. And then, like, you know, then you're out there to, you know, make a tough play yourself. And then, you know, then they kind of respect you. And like, all right, he gets it. So we don't have to, like, you know, he'll bring it now every practice. It doesn't even matter kind of situation. But I think, like, how Nick Saban is and all, like, these top programs is all they're trying to do is get as much out of you as they possibly can. You know, as much effort, as much skill. Right, they're trying to maximize you as a person in every single way. Not even on the, not not just on the field, like in the classroom. Like we, I didn't miss a single class in college. Like we got our classes checked probably three days a week. Like we had because our uh, you know our academic advisor like group would literally drive around 
and a lot of the guys like they were in the same classes anyway so it was like easy to kill you know like we had like what 50 guys you could get like you could drop by 10 classrooms in a day and you you cover the whole team you know if mm-hmm. you have four people they only have to hit two classes it's like you know it's not that hard so like they yeah. held you accountable not only on the field but in the classroom like if you weren't going to the class if you weren't going to class you're done like the whole team was running you were hated and like it was just it so they held you accountable on the field and in the classroom. And it's just like all correlates. Like, you know, if you're, if you say Brandon hires somebody who isn't a good person at home, how good of a, how good of a, a worker are they going to be in like, you know, in the store, right? Everything, mm-hmm. co- everything correlates. I mean, that's kind of what they instilled in us. So like, if you just go there and you do what you're, you need to do to get done, if you want to have a little fun on the side, like when you go out and party, all that's fine just, you know be, be able to be an adult and control yourself like more power to you but you know it's like it was it was i don't think they had to instill it in us like i think you just like you know the uh, the older guys it all started from the top down so the older guys were just like this is what we're doing and then we're gonna go do it and that's it right our whole workout was there like all right well that's what we're doing today we might do a little more at the end depending on people's attitude and that's that you know yeah, and um, I don't know, like like I said, because I haven't had many conversations with you about, like, Maryland and stuff like that, just because I feel so you're the same way as me. Like, we, I played lac- lacrosse enough that I don't really want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but um, like, kind of going off, like, you know, one last – oh, he's back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, he's back. We lost him for a second. But – um. Kind of, you know, wrapping it up about the whole, like, uh, you know, your experience at Maryland, because I don't want to, I don't want that to be the entire convo, is do you feel as though that the way that Tillman recruited was that he only, rec- he, he only, like, obviously there's kids that he would recruit that went to Hopkins, Duke, UNC, all over that, but do you think that he really harps on guys like yourself that want to work and have that work ethic to help build the program? Because you guys went to, what, like, three or four natties in a row, but I only ask that because it, I don't like to me when I was at Mercyhurst, like to your point of like when we were on the field, there'd be times where coaches were blowing the whistles just to get off, get us off each other. Cause we were like beating the shit out of each other. But then the second we get in the locker room, we're like, all right, where are we going tonight? Where are we partying tonight? And we're best friends again. And it felt as though that there was not a single kid at Mercyhurst that wasn't like that. So I'm always curious if like, that's something that's in a coach's mind and when they try to build a program, obviously you're not Tillman, so you don't know, but from the guys that you had around you at Maryland, do you feel as though that's kind of like the type of guys that he wants to bring in? Yeah, I I'd say so. I mean, if you're building a culture, you want a lot of the guys with the same, you know, work ethic and mentality. Uh Um, you know, and whether that's like trying to figure it out through the, like the kids, parents, like, I mean, a lot of these coaches, they, they recruit not only the kids, but they recruit the families, you know, it's like they can, they can meet the dad for an hour and a half and understand, you know, all right, this, this kid, you know, comes from a good family, even, or the mom, you know, like this kid comes from a good family. His his parents clearly work hard, um, you know, and he works hard. Like they, 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 you know, it's like getting a background check on like a pistol permit. It's like they call anybody that you might know that you don't put down, you know, as like a point of reference. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they'll call random people that you played with when you were like in, you know, 10 years old. Like, that's the stuff that these guys do. It's it's their livelihood. You know, like if Maryland doesn't win, you know, Tillman is out of a coaching job. Same with Saban. Like if, if Bama goes downhill, he's gone. 
you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you know, so it's like, it's their livelihood. So they, they do as much research and background checks and talk to as many people as they can, you know, to, to figure out, you know, if the kid is someone that they want. And I think, you know, my, I mean, I visited a bunch of times. So he met like, you know, he met my mom a bunch. She actually, my grandmother came on a visit too um, when I was in eighth grade and we, you know, we drove around campus on a cart and just kind of, you know, you know, shot the shit. And like, he asked her where she lived. My grandma lived in like some rural area in Maryland where, you know, surrounded by like farm. It was like, you know, so he's like, you know, that's the kind of guys I like, you know, that are going to work hard. And Tillman came from Corning, which is a small town. And, you know, he worked for everything he had. He, he's like one of my biggest role models. Talk about someone that, you know, is up later than everybody and up earlier than everybody like that guy. Like the, it's so, it was so easy to go to like, you know, to work hard for him because he was working so much harder than everybody. Like it was unbelievable. And you know? yeah. And kind of going off that, I have two more questions and then we're done with like all lacrosse, but um, what, what was I about to say? Obviously, there's a mental aspect to the game of it, and there's like a mental aspect to the game of life as well, kind of like what Brandon was just talking about prior to. Um, was there anything that um, you faced at Maryland when you were – I mean, you played for the most part. You pretty much played right away when you got there as a freshman, and then obviously you're when you guys won the national championship, you were one of the key guys and one of the starters. But um, – was there anything that you learned from your experience with Tillman and at the program at Maryland that had you not gone there, you necessarily don't think you would have learned and developed within yourself that you kind of carry with you today, if there's anything? Um, I mean, I, I just think I, I don't know anybody that works hard, worked harder or works harder than, than, than Tills. Uh-huh. So, like, I honestly – I don't know. I mean, I don't know what other coaches are like. I don't know what other cultures are really like. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I mean, I, I, when I lived in, you know, just outside of New York, I, I mean, I hung out with all like the Virginia, Virginia guys and like UNC guys, um, like all, all those guys. And, you know, you end up making friends with them, but you know, they're not like your Maryland boys that like you could not see for a year. And then you're like, you know, you, you went out there, you, you, you lived it with those guys, you know, it's not the same. So, you know, I don't really know what other people's cultures are like, and I don't know how their coaches are like, like, you know, it's hard to say my experience would have been different somewhere else. Cause I mean, I don't think I w- would have wanted any other, ex- my experience and uh-huh. till like, I mean, just like the work ethic that Tillman had, like rubbed off, rubbed off on, I, you know, I think me and, and all, all of my classmates, like to the T. So, I mean, I know I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, suck, sucking off tills, but he's, uh, <laughs> dude, he, I, I honestly, you could ask any alum like that has played for him and they'll all say the same shit. Like he is just an absolute savage, like genius slash, like, like no one will work harder than that guy. And, and that's, and he, he, he'll let us know. He's like, he's like, you know, and every loss we had, he took, like, he's like, oh, I didn't prepare you guys enough. And we're like, no, we actually just suck, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's all our fault. 
<laughs> and uh and finishing and now like the last question finishing it up obviously because like you've coached before a little bit here and there and worked with like, younger guys if um a younger kid was to come up to you and just be like hey adam like i want to follow in your footsteps i want to play lacrosse at maryland and hopefully win a natty one day and and play pro and stuff like that like what from your experience what piece of advice would you give that kid um i'd say she just got a Every day. I mean, the thing is, I think, yeah, I, there's not one thing I would tell them. Like, there's so many different things, and it's, it gets, you have to get nitty and gritty with it to, like, be like, you know, you have to do this, this, and this. There's no, like, perfect recipe or perfect formula, you know, but, like, you have to play up. You have to get tough. Like, like, I mean, I always played with older kids because I felt like I was like, I mean, I felt like I wasn't tough enough, you know, like mm-hmm. I felt, I felt like if I wasn't able to take checks from like, you know, bigger kids now, will I ever, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you on that. So it's hard to say what the perfect formula is. There's no perfect formula for everybody. Like, you know, if you're a freak at, like, I'm not like Biden, I mean, Brandon isn't the best athlete in the world. He was honest. What are you that. trying to say? And Come I, on, son. And I, what? And I could back, I could back that up. But like, <laughs> we're throwing. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't like the best athlete in the world. Like, I don't run a four four. I run a four eight two. I ran, a, I ran, I ran a four eight two one time in my entire life. I never broke four seven. I never broke four eight. So it's like, it's not like I was like this lightning fast dude. You know, it's like it. You you gotta you gotta accept who you are as an athlete and you know and your skill set and try to work with that like try to make that as good as it can possibly be you know mm-hmm. and I so I I don't think there's any perfect recipe I think knowing yourself and knowing your skill set is like anything in life definitely is is how you're gonna succeed like it all translates I think to the real world you gotta know who you are isn't that crazy though John I'm gonna spin off what Adam was saying a little bit like he's in eighth grade. Uh, getting recruited on a full ride scholarship to the University of Maryland, and um, you know, I know you went Division One as well, and um, you know, well, it's... for the record, for I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah. I'm not even for anyone listening. I played like I mean, Adam played on teams together, but in no way, shape, or form was I even in the same hemisphere <laughs> as him as a player. Like I'm not, like I'm not trying to like right. say that because he's on, and you know, we're friends. And I'm trying to like hype him up and shit. Like yeah. no, I'm just being real with you. Like right. I, I mean. I was never within the same hemisphere because, and, and the only reason I say that is because it's like, like, was I, you know, I'm, I'm taller, maybe a little bit bigger. Sure. You know, here and there, but like from a complete game standpoint, not even in the same conversation. So right. I'll leave you with that. You could pick yeah. up now. No, I was just saying in eighth grade, he's going around on the car, you know, with the recruiting process. And, you know, as a, a young kid like that, I'm just thinking back to my life and I was seeing what your opinion is on it in eighth grade. Like, I, I didn't even know how to like tuck my shirt in the right way or like make my bed. Uh, well, I mean, my, my, my impression, or I would say my opinion on it all was like, I've always, I've always been super supportive of Adam, even though like there's been times where like we haven't talked uh, yeah. just because we're in two totally different places, but yeah. I've always actually kind of in a way looked up, even though he, you know, he's younger than me, but I've always uh-huh. in a way like kind of looked up to him in, in, in a role model way sometimes which i've never yeah. told them just because like like to your point though like yeah you get recruited super early but like uh-huh. i remember we were having a practice at tiff and it was like a just like an optional one and like 
he came in and Sully was like, oh, where'd you go this week? And he's like, oh, he's like, I, I was just at Maryland. Uh, I still have Hopkins to go. I still have Duke, UNC. But I think I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go to all of them. And it was just like uh, from such a young age, like being uh-huh. so like, I don't want to say the word mature. I hate the word mature, but like just being so like poised and like knowing who he was. And yeah. then like for all the all the hype he was getting and then obviously him being a good student and just being a good person overall too. Like he never was like outside himself. Whereas though, I feel as though a lot of kids that may be as good as he is or vice versa, they kind of let their head get a little big. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to college, that all shatters and then they kind of lose themselves and don't really know who they are. Like I, that didn't happen with me, but I just know kids that I have personal relationships with that were like that, where they were, getting recruited heavily out of school they chose hobart because it was the only like full ride that they right. could have got whereas they could have been sitting on the bench at unc or duke and then it's just like they get to hobart or even there's kids that were getting heavily recruited to come to mercyers they come to mercyers and then they're like oh fuck like this is this is the next level like everyone that's here is just as good as me if not better so like the, I mean, obviously, I, I take a different approach and I look at things differently than most. Yeah. But like, I saw that in Adam, which I wanted to ask that. And I'm, you know, we don't have to keep talking about lacrosse. But one thing, actually, we won't even ask it. I'm just going to say it. But like, one thing that always like, I kind of like looked up to per se, but I understand where why it happened the way it did was that like, not there was kids that went to time in that went and played at UNC, Cornell, uh, Syracuse. Like, I just named two people, but I'm not going to name their names. Whereas they didn't, they didn't play right away, but based on all the hype they were getting, you thought they were going to. Whereas Adam received the same hype, and he went to Maryland, played right away, and like, yeah, he wasn't a first line offensive midfielder like I'm sure he would have hoped, but he ended up putting in the work, got his got his fair share, and then come national championship, he had a fucking yeah. goal. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. So, so like, and so I would say like in that aspect, it's different. But yeah. I like. Like me, I I think Adam got recruited based on like the whole package, whereas I solely got recruited off my my height and me shooting on the run. Everything else was suspect. To to say to be nice about it, everything else was suspect. My (laughs) first practice at Hobart, I remember like telling my boys, like I remember texting Megan, being like, "Bro, I don't know if I I don't know if I should be here. I I got fucking shook on." two face dodges and then as soon as i'm coming around the net i got fucking buried by a kid that's half my size like yeah right um i think that's why adam you know got to where he was and like he said like he he did what it took and like like you said you just said like him being an offensive midfielder like i mean look at him in his high school days scoring goals left and right i mean he could beat anyone and everyone but he got on the field as a freshman as a defensive midfielder like wherever it took and that's how he approaches life like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to be the best to 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 do the best to get the best results out of myself not anyone else but but looking around everyone else like adam is someone i can call at five in the morning six in the morning i'm i've had some drunken nights i'm crying over some some girl and i call adam at like five in the morning rolling down a hill um <laughs> saying like oh like this 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 he's like just talk to me man just like what's going like he's 
he, he's that type of person, man. He's just like an all around great dude for those who don't know him. But like he is, he's that person to, to do that extra mile. Like you, you think he, he's like, I'm an offensive dude. You look at my goals. Look at my, look at my summary, look at my history, but you know what? I, my team needs me here. I'm going to do it. My buddy needs me over here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do what it takes. And that's what he was saying. Like when you said, like, give advice, I'm thinking of a hundred things in my head. Like, Oh, just say this. Yeah, say, but you, he was right. Like it hit me differently. Listening to that where it's just like, you can't really tell them you're embedded with it. It's just who you are as a human being at the end of the day. And like, you have to get it. Those, those some people get it and some people don't like he got it at a young age at an early age. He's like, I figured out who I was and I played with that. Like I knew I wasn't the toughest. So I played to get tougher. I knew I had a sick shot. I knew I could dodge. I knew I could, I could score, but what wasn't I good at? I wasn't good at being the toughest on the field or the fastest. So that's what, you know, I built my game around it. Like I've seen Adam that one, I, that was the sickest play I've ever seen yet. And I've seen him in seventh grade playing on varsity one hand, stealing the ball and like scoring behind his legs and kicking the ball off his forehead somehow i'm like what but it was in uh, i think they were playing unc and it was off a of face off and adam you know just ran full speed and just the it was a ground ball and he just threw his i think he even got a penalty for it or something he just threw his body and it changed the momentum of the game i think they were down like two and like you should have seen his team around him and like did whatever it took for his team you know like he said, like that, and that instilled. I knew because he was out there getting slashed by sixteen-year-olds when he was twelve, and you know he instilled that toughness. So he's just like, I, I built myself around this. Like I'm, I'll throw my body. I'll do what it takes. You know, I might not want to hear Brandon crying on the phone over a <laughs> girlfriend, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna be the best version of myself all the time. So that's what I was preaching about him earlier. You know, like. Not to hype him up, his head's already big enough, but he, he's a good dude. He really is. For those no, I, for those that don't know, uh, or might just be tuning in, this is uh, John and Brandon on our Today Show here with Adam DeMillo, <laughs> the Adam DeMillo Show. Adam, how's it going, my man? The Big Red. The Big Red. Well, I kind of, like, something I wanted, I want to ask, and it, this isn't, this is more so, like, because, I mean, like I said, like, me and you had a conversation at John Carlos uh, at dinner. Yeah. Um, Like, it was like, geez, it was already, like, two months ago. Right. But, um, but like, when you were talking about possibly going down to Texas, we had that little conversation of just, like, yo, yeah. like, people are doing, like, not, not trying to say it like that, but a lot of people yeah. are scared to actually do shit and, yeah. you know be in that situation but um like again adam i've never told you this but like i i this has totally changed my outlook on a lot of things because i remember (laughs) when you started playing with time in um me and you were playing a lot together like we played on that adidas team and and stuff like that and i remember you telling me that i should come to time in because you're like if you're serious and want to actually play in college you're not you're you're not going to get the best opportunities staying at lancaster you're going to want to come play with us because you can go against Sully every day in practice. You can go against me every day in practice and there's going to be other kids. So that was really the first time, which when I did start playing with you guys, I couldn't even fucking move without being either bodied or my stick flying out of my hands by Sully. But like (laughs) from constantly, from constantly playing with you guys, having to guard you all the time and then having to play with like Recore fields uh, going against Conroy and like all that other kids, 
it it gave me that was like the first time and obviously i credit all that to you because you're the one that put it in my head to actually come the time and before burke did but that's kind of like how i look at life now like i'm like okay i want to be in the best situation possible even though even though i have no business being there because if i could start to excel at this level then when I actually go to the level that I'm supposed to be at, I'm mm-hmm. just going to completely, I'm going to completely dominate. So I know there's people and I'd like Adam to comment on this first and then Guzzi, you pick up with it. But I know yeah. there's people that are like, Oh, well I, I'm not going to do that just yet. Cause I want to baby my, I want to baby step my way into it. And I want to, you know, master the level I'm at first instead of being like, okay, I, let me try to bite, bite off more than I can chew. Because, like, when you told me, you're like, bro, you can go against me every day in practice. You can go against Sully every day in practice. Like, that's going to make you better. Like, yeah, you're going to be upset, but that's going to make you better, and that's going to get you to where you want to be. Obviously, it didn't necessarily even go like that, but I'm just, you know, hypothetically saying it for this. Um, What is your take? Like, do you think that that holds people back more than – or do you think that just comes down to, like, knowing who you are and knowing what you want? Because I personally feel as though that people – don't recognize their own potential because they're too scared to actually be put themselves in that situation. If that makes sense. Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many cliches that like come to the top of my head, like what iron sharpens iron, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, like stuff, like stuff. I mean, then that's stuff that my coach would say, would be like, you know, like birds of a feather. Like if you're doing the right thing, everyone around you will do the right thing. Right. Like if you're working hard, everyone around you will work hard. Right. Like, and I, you carry that into life too. Like if, 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 if one of your friends is succeeding, you want to succeed just as much, if not more. And then that pushes them to succeed, not more and more. And it kind of just like keeps on stacking on top of each other. Um, and yeah, dude, we were, we, you know, we are boys. I, I wanted you to come play because I mean, I, I mean, it's true. Iron does sharpen iron. And P, I do, I do think people like, I would never want to master where I'm at right now. I would want to like, you know, dive into what's next like the next yes. thing you know like why why what's the point in mastering where you're at if you already think you're in a good enough position to not take the next step forward you know it's like you like like i said earlier the the, the, the forward momentum is like the, the biggest thing i think for for a lot of people and people forget that you know just keep as long as you keep moving whether it's you know a centimeter or you know a full step or you know you're running a mile whatever right as long as you keep moving right like that that's how you should look at i mean i i don't know i maybe it, it's just me you know, a lot of people are are like you know are happy with you uh-huh. know being stagnant and that is completely fine too like <laughs> like i said if you know yourself and you're happy with where you are in life like to each their own everyone finds happiness in one way or another and i'm not a person to sit here and say if you aren't moving forward you know an inch or a mile you're doing it wrong like no like it's it, it's whatever you want it to be if you want to it you can't my whole thing is is it's especially with coaching now younger kids it's it's tough to be like you have to do all these these and these things it's like but do you really is this something that you know that you want like everybody like like brandon says everybody wants to be a gangster till they got to be a gangster right just like you were saying like there were d1 kids that rolled up and we're getting smacked in the mouth, like super highly recruited. You know, everybody wants to be a gangster, so they have to be, so they have to be a gangster. And it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, I guess in layman's terms, but you know, it's like, you know, me and Brandon are these two white boys from the suburbs, but, (laughs) (laughs) but 
but it's Mel Pacino out here. Yeah, but it's true, man. Like yeah. as long as you, if you're half, I mean, I mean, you, you can't you you can't put a limit or a price on or anything to measure happiness. No, like, exactly. Happiness exactly. is all derived in you. Yep. Like if you're happy where you are, you're happy where you are. Like yep. I'm not gonna sit here and be like you're a loser. Like, like it's, I I don't I don't base <clears throat> anyone or judge anyone based on anything, but I think their happiness. Like if you bring a bad attitude and a bad vibe and things of that nature, like like that's not like don't don't do that right yeah. like like you don't do that find fi- find what makes you happy yeah. right like and and just go with it like we have friends that you know are happy being stagnant and you know yeah. it is what it is and we, we don't i mean i i as long as you don't bring a, a bad attitude like when you yep. hang out when we hang out like just bring bring good vibes like and make sure that you find your happiness i mean yep. I, and i think that kind of answers where you're saying like when people are scared to take that step it's like maybe they don't want to and maybe that, they're happy where they are you know so it's you, like you said two great things and that's what you told me to spin off and i was gonna say literally just the indifferent verbiage i was gonna say the two worst things in life are complacency and peer pressure in my eyes like adam said complacency on you know just being you know settled like you should never settle you should always not in money it doesn't have to be in success but in your own happiness you should want to strive to be better you should never be complacent in your life because there's so much potential and there's so much to see but then again peer pressure you don't want to peer pressure something like you got to come you got to do this 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 like adam said we got friends that you know I'm making X amount of money. I wake up, I work my this hours, you know, I go see my friends, I go get a drink after work and I'm happy. I'm, I'm genuinely happy. I say it all the time. My three, the three H's I say it to Adam pretty much once a week, twice a week. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, just talking gets me, you know, self-motivated. I say in my life, I want three things. That's it. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy and I want to be hardworking. That's it. Three things. I want to be happy, healthy, hardworking. And that's, that's what Adam's trying, you know, he, he said perfectly. And I, I have nothing else to comment besides how you brought up Conrad. I miss that dude so much. That's a good dude. He's coming into town. He's coming into town in like a month. Yeah, yeah, me too. He's like, I'm, I'm coming into town. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> that's a good dude. That's a smile of happiness. That's a ball of joy. Like, I, I always said it growing up. I mean, that, that's the most handsome dude on the block. Oh, hundred! I was. I, I was that's the best looking at, dude in uh, that came out of Buffalo, New York. But that dude has a smile, and like my friend said it too. Around like you know, I me and Adam have been best friends, and like he had his time and friends. I had my West Seneca friends, and like Adam would bring his time and friends around, and all these people are like, "That's a D one athlete, a good looking dude," and they're like, "But that like my my buddy Charles was like." Yo, I thought Conroy was going to be this stereotypical, like, he's so good looking. He's such a, like, all this stuff. He goes, that dude's just a big teddy bear dork. And I'm like, yeah, he's a homie. He's a good dude. Like, you know, mannerful, like, joking. He wants to fit in with everyone. And that's a good dude, man. The best thing about Conroy is that if you brought a bad vibe, he let you know it early. Like, what the oh, hell's yeah. your deal, man? Like yeah. right, no, like within yeah. the first five minutes, yeah. you'd be like, "What's your deal?" Yeah, and like, and then you, then you'd say it, and then you're done, and then, and then you're in a good mood, and you're like, "Oh, that was my deal." All right, here we are, on to the next thing. No, which yeah, no, which is. is hard for a lot of people to do. Like, yep. like, yes. let's think about it. Conroy was like, like you know, he had like that, like the dude. He's the best looking dude I've ever met. In my life. <laughs> straight up, no, but, no, not, yeah, straight, Pike straight up. But like, dude, like, 
Yeah, but he he and but like when he when you were sad, he'd be like put on this like sad face, and you're like, oh man, like you shouldn't be sad because I'm an like being a little prick. Yeah, but like all right, I'm gonna turn it around, and then you like you know, then you're laughing and and shooting the shit, and like that. I don't think yeah. anybody has ever called out bad vibes in a better way than than Tyler Conner. Exactly, he made you like stand by the. <laughs> no, not at all. The, he it's actually funny too because. Uh, it it ended up being me. Well, no, Frank and him and Frank lived together, and but it was us three, us three, and then Tanner, and then JB was like our little crew mm-hmm. at uh, Hobart. But it was because like that's just that's how Frank is. Like Frank doesn't he he don't fuck with people that like if it's negative energy, it's bad vibes. He's just like nah, I'm out like right away. Yeah. And that's like how Conroy was too. Which I was Facetiming him last week because he was telling me he was coming home and. I actually he, he I got to get him on the podcast cuz I because well I convinced him to stu- apply to study abroad um when he went to Scotland for 16 weeks I was supposed to go with him but I ended up transferring from uh from Hobart to Mercyhurst and he never lets me live it down he's like you fucking <laughs> a- he's like you fucking asshole he's like you convinced me to do it you got accepted I got accepted and then time to go and you just sort of like yeah peace, I'm going me. to a different school <laughs> <laughs> He left me he was probably so sad <laughs> No, he was just like, I'm never letting you like hold that down. But yeah, uh, right. to like the like, um, you know, kind of like in a way re-asking the same question, but differently, like I find as though um, like a lot, Brandon, we had this conversation. Like I tell like a lot of my friends will be like and they don't mean it in a malicious way. They're just asking out of pure curiosity. But I've had a lot of like friends or a lot of like parents friends be like, oh, hey, like, when are you going to get a real job? And I'm always like, well, what's a real job? And they're like, well, aren't you going to go work for a company? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, your typical nine to five shit like that. I I've known myself for a very long time. Like I've always known in a way like who I was. And I think that that's why, like, I've been able to see certain opportunities kind of like when Adam's like, yo, come play with us. Like, you're going to hate it, but it'll make you better. But he he also knew through through conversations me and him have had and time we spent together that I wanted to play in college so okay i'm gonna go do that so i've always known that um i've never wanted to work a nine to five like that whole like just and for people that do yes like and for people that like love it by all means i'm not shitting on i'm just saying for me personally like the thought of having to show up every day do the same job be in the same career for 20 to 30 to 40 years and then kind of in a way have to convince my boss to give me a raise or I have right. to meet some standard or I have to do something with HR. Like what, like none of that shit was for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I definitely take pride in like working hard and working my ass off. And like one of my buddies even said when I was golfing with him, he's just like, dude, like, well, the beauty about my job is that come Friday, the week's done. Whereas yours, like you work seven days a week, technically. you never, you never have off because you have clients that are around the clock and stuff like that. He's like, I would hate that shit. And I'm like, well, no, I love it. And kind of like to your point, Brandon, about like, that's yep. what I want. Like, I want to, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to say I want to, cause I will, but like retire my mom, yep. build something that I can pass down for future generations or yep. get to a point where, you know, God forbid, you know, you were Adam, right? Like you, mm-hmm. your kids, your kids really sick. Your wife's really sick or something. Yep. And you might not have the financial means to do so. So I could just be like, hey, let me cover those bills for you yep. because you've always been ride or die with me. You've always been there when I might have needed it. So yep. I'm going to do that. And I find as though that with a certain people, they get – and I'm not talking like only friends. I'm just saying in general. But sometimes – and I'm sure you've probably had, had the same experience. But like when you get around like it's people you're that you fuck with and, you know, you could be – 
you know, can have those like intimate conversations, but sometimes it turns them off because they're mm-hmm. like, well, wait a second. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, right. do you think you're going to be that successful? Yep. Who, oh, first of okay, pump your brakes. Like you need to stop watching YouTube videos and blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Do you think that when people say that, do you think that comes strictly out of fear and not knowing, or do mm-hmm. you think it's because they wish that they could figure out something within themselves to, to, to carry themselves that way and they just haven't found it out or like, where do you think that comes from? Right. With certain people. No, that, that, that's great. And, you know, I think you answered your, your question by what you were saying earlier too. like, um, you know, yourself, you know, you know who you are, you have that passion, you have a heart. Like I surround myself with similar people as to, you know, what I see myself as. And like you said, you know yourself, I know myself, you know, I surround myself with that, that heartfelt, that emotional, that like good guy, that good energy type person where there's people out there that, you know, are jealous and envious of that, like someone that can be so confident and stuff. And then there is that fear factor too. They're like, well, like, at least I have the safety blanket. You know, I have my degree. I have a company that, you know, is publicly traded in Fortune 500 and I'm on a retirement plan and I'm going to do it. And then there's that person, like how you said you are, you said, I, yeah, I'm going to get capped. I'm going to have to ask for raises. I'm going to make a maximum of 150000 That's the field. Or I'm going to determine my will, my passion, by my heart. You're, you, you're, you're betting on yourself in that situation. You're betting on John Antonio. You're betting on Brandon. Like, you know what? I determine how successful I'm going to be. So I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work smarter. I'm going to work more vibrant. I'm going to give it my all at all times because now I'm, I'm my boss. You know, it's that entrepreneurship, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to do what it takes to be successful. And like you said, like, I want to retire my mom. Now I want, I'm going to retire my mind. People don't think like that. It's it's hard to come by. And like, we've all known each other for such a long time. Like, like you said, you've known Adam since you were young and and it's so funny how we all met because I remember how we met and I'm going to bring it up now. Um, but me and John play basketball together. You know, John, <laughs> Justin, I've known, yeah, I'm bringing those days up. We were ballers back in the day. Um, SAA basketball, four stallions. Come on, a shout out four stallions. If you know, Brandon you probably had a headband on. <laughs> Shooting uh... sleeves. <laughs> yeah, but like, I've known you at such a young age. And like, look at us now. Like, we could have went separate ways. I mean, um, Adam known you and then we all like now look at us we're all shooting the shit we're all good friends me and you go out to eat you and Adam we all go hang out like um John's helped me out and you know building me to get to where I am I you know John has helped me in my catering division he's gave me advice he's gave me you know feedback he's helped me out he's in a pinch he's like I got you like he'll take caterings for me he'll drop them off or go to different businesses different medical fields like you know, it was funny because I was like, I'm going to bring it up. Ben's just like, John Antonio's a homie. I'm like, well, you haven't seen him in a while. Like, since what, Giancarlo's? And he's just like, nah, dude, he helped me out on Wednesday. Like, that's a homie. I'm like, that's just good people. That's people you want to surround yourself with. Like, and I was just like, he st- he st- helped you out. I was like, he had an hour to spare. He, he threw a couple. At- I threw a couple at him. And I'm like, wow, man, that's awesome to hear. They're still, you know. Because I know you're well, doing he, your thing. He, yeah, well, he asked me. He's always like, yo, can I keep you on standby this week? And I'm like, yeah. bro, like, I mean, you if you're even if you fucking throw a dollar my way, you, <laughs> money talks. So yeah, exactly. A dollar a day. That's just how I think, though. And then I'm like, yep. uh, kind of like, I'm, I'm sure, like, Adam, you definitely feel this way, um, even if you haven't really, like, I would say, like, intentionally thought about it. But, like, 
the the reason that I am that way with people and like for some they think like it's using people in a way which I know Brandon you'll you'll you 100% get where I'm coming from with this Mm -hmm. is that it's just like you never know where something's gonna lead you so Mm. it's like for me it's always like like when Brandon when Ben's like hey like could you if we get overbooked could you help me with this catering it's like I make my own schedule so yeah I I know I may have to help you and obviously they're I'm going to get paid for it. And then obviously, you know, you get a free lunch, like all that shit. That's not the reason I'm doing it. The reason I'm doing it is because the way I look at it is go, okay, I have no idea within that time window from 10 to noon or 10 to one, whatever the fucking thing is going to be, who I may encounter and who I may meet. And I may meet someone at one of those medical places, or I may meet someone when I'm going back to the restaurant, or I may meet someone that... I'm stand, I'm sitting there in line. They come um, in. That come in, and then I could be like, shoot the shit with them, or whatever. Like, I was actually no lie. Um, one of my friends, Kyla, she went to medical school at Duke, uh-huh. and she had me and another friend of ours come visit her, and we got to sit courtside at Duke basketball game, sit in the camera crazy section, and obviously you can't buy those tickets. So, and that just came from us, you know, staying in touch and like keeping the relationship. And then when I was doing a Rachel's catering order at Art and Orchard Park, there was a dude standing next to me in line wearing a Duke uh, tennis shirt. And I just was like, oh, like, did you go to Duke? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I actually went to med school. He's like, I graduated in, I think he said like, oh, nine or something. I'm like, no fucking way. And was just talking it up with this dude. And then come to find out he's a surgeon around here. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, what do you do? And then he asked for like my real estate card. And then like, obviously I've like, been in touch with him um, yes. a little bit here and there and he's looking to get into uh, owning some investment properties and stuff so it's just like it sounds fucking ludicrous and crazy but that's also why I do what I do that's and amazing. how I am with people because it's mean? just like you never you never know where that opportunity is going to lead uh-huh. you and so like kind of Adam what I was talking about was obviously you knew going to Maryland and outside of lacrosse but like the school itself is a really good school but like who's to say that you didn't become friends with i'll say like stefan diggs for example who knows maybe he goes back to an alumni event you became friends with him and now he's now in buffalo and then i don't know like how your two fields correlate but like you never know what that opportunity is going to lead to but where did it stem from it stemmed from you going to maryland and then you just happen to run into each other by fate if that makes sense yeah i actually diggs was actually at when I was a freshman, he was a senior. He was at our Christmas party with his little brother. Yeah. Yeah. His little brother was on like his recruiting visit to go to he, the one that went to Bama. Yeah. Uh, Trayvon. Was it Trevon? Is that the one that's on the Cowboys now? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, John, that's a great point, bro. Because I'm thinking it like this. You want to help your friends. You know, I'm going to a bar. My friend owns, I'm going to, you know, use a lawyer that I'm friends with. Like, like you said, like say ownership of Rachel's and myself, we want to start buying investment properties. I'm going through you, uh, me and Adam looking at rental properties. You know, I'm looking at different homes to start buying and, you know, um, stuff like that. Who, who am I going to go through? I'm going to go through those who have helped me and I've helped. And, you know, that's how the world goes around. You know, one hand washes another and you help those who have helped you in your life. And like you said, you're putting yourself in a situation to separate yourself. You're encountering people. It's all about the hands you shake. No lie. I have got to the point where I'm at in my life, you know, by meeting people, by putting myself in different situations, by, you know, I was a, I was a bar manager in West Seneca and I met ownership of Rachel's by just managing a bar and running a a restaurant. And he's just like, you manage a bar at this age, like uh, come in my catering department, like you work five to close. And I worked 
7 a.m. to noon, one o'clock in catering. And then I went and managed a bar. And then on the weekends, I, I guess bartended downtown at any bar and every bar you could think of in Buffalo, New York. And I'm working 100 hours a week. And he's just like, this person will do what it takes. This person will, you know, he, he bought in, you know, he wants to make something of himself. You can't teach heart. You can't teach character. And he, you know, and we grew that catering division. And then like when you went just a few years, John, you know, I was dealing with you in the catering division. Now I brought Ben along, you know, and grew this and I became the director of operations. I'm the chief operating officer of 12 locations. And just to talk about Rachel's a little bit, we have 12 locations, you know, we're building right now. Currently we're underway in Dallas, Fort Worth. We have two in Rochester, New York, um, 10 in Buffalo, New York, and we have six signed leases. And, you know, we're just, you know, we, we built a, such a great thing by having people like you, by having people like Ben. Yeah, Adam too. Adam's beyond well off and he wants to get even more well off in his life. He, he has an hour or two break. He's just like, you know, he knows how hard I'm working and how far I built myself in my business career. And, you know, he's, he, he's my, be he's my best friend. And he's just like, you need help. I got you. I'm off this day. He'll text Ben separately. You know, he orders from us and his, and his uh, field of work too. He's just like, he's throwing back when he could throw back. He's like, you know, I'm a med dev a device rep. You know, I, I oversee a region. Like when I'm in Rochester, he goes and uses us in Rochester and Buffalo, he uses us in Buffalo. So, you know, that, that's just, you know, heart and character you can't build that you, you really can't teach that and you know it's just so cool and now i'm gonna actually tell the story about how we met so it was in eighth grade we actually went to a lancaster party i'm bringing up megan now it was with tyler mm. megan reached out time out time out time out time out yeah. Megan, uh, DeMillo, you don't gotta, you, you don't have to respond if you don't want to, but Megan, <laughs> I told, Megan texted me and asked what I was doing, and I was like, don't call me, because if I get a call, the audio cuts out, right. and he was like, who are you recording with, and I'm like, who's done DeMillo, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, tell, tell DeMillo I said, what's up, Larry? <laughs> the Larry playlist, all day. <laughs> but alright, continue, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, that's even better. <laughs> Where'd he go? He here? He's probably, making his he's, probably, he's probably cutting his pizza up. Oh yeah, he just he just dropped out. Um, Did Megan right, just well, get in a car accident? Yeah, he was because he's moving to Miami from. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I, when I like you said, when you get phone calls, I've been getting phone calls, and I might have paused it two or three times checking out my pizza. But all right, um, <laughs> Doctor um, Seuss, I heard that before I cut out. All right, yeah, yeah. So well, hold up, real quick. Yeah. but uh, yeah, no, Adam, he's uh, he just got a job at the one hotel in South Beach, so he's moving to Miami, and he was driving from uh, San Fran to Miami with his buddy, and I guess they were coming down off a throughway and there was a car that just like completely didn't even see them and fucking t-boned them but like Jeez. he's he's he, yeah he's fine that fucking the asshole that he is i called him like out of genuine concern and was like yo are you good and he's like he's like laughing he goes can't fucking kill me baby i'm like all right I'm <laughs> <It's> untouchable <laughs> he's like he's like you know what he's like god was like you know what nope <laughs> not killing him today I'm like, dude, you're fuck you. Then I was like, I had to hang up, but you know that he's always like that. Yeah. That's a homie. That's a good dude too. Um, <laughs> that's a good dude. But yeah, so well, how we all met, and you know, this puts the story together for us, Doctor Seuss in this in this place, like you said, um, was me and Adam. It was like eighth grade. Megan was throwing a party. Reached out to Adam. I think you reached out to Adam, and Adam's like, Yo, come to this party, Lancaster party. I'm like. 
you don't got to tell me twice. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I was like, let's go. And then we walked in the front door and I remember you slapped Adam up. Megan slapped Adam up. I didn't know Megan at the time. And then, um, Next thing you know, you look at me and you go, Brandon Guzda? And I'm like, yo, John, what? And I was like, wait, you know John? I know John. And then it was just like, just such a small world. And that's how Buffalo is, you know, so small and tight-knit and stuff like that. But, you know, that's how we all came together. And like you mentioned earlier, like, I've known Adam for so long and I've known Guzda for so long. And, like, we've all ended up knowing each other for so long because, you know, and just how life works. You haven't changed one bit from the time I've met you until today. It's just you're older. That's all. Yeah, right. I, I grew a beard, <laughs> shoulder, and I'm like three inches taller. Every time, anytime I'm around you, or like when I walked in, when I walked in the John Carlos and I saw you standing there, I literally, what did I say to you? I was like, "What the fuck is about to happen?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we knew two things. We were doing six, seven tequila shots, and we were sitting at the same table, <laughs> and we were gonna laugh. We're just going to laugh, man. We just, we're going to enjoy life. But yeah, like I said, what I mentioned earlier, man, like I'm just who I am. You know, I don't care what anyone thinks of me because I, I believe in myself. That's it. That's all I care about. Now, like Adam with you, um, you're doing, you're doing since uh, Guzda was just plugging his career away. <laughs> are you, uh, are, you're doing, I do, I do not life? have 12. I do not have 12 Rachel's location. <laughs> I do not have 300 employees. um i work for i do work for a big fortune 500 company whatever i i work for striker sales corporation so i yeah i sell medical um devices um specifically in sports medicine so Uh i work with orthopedic surgeons um tackling you know anything from rotator cuffs and labrums in the shoulder to um ACL repairs, meniscus repairs, you know, basically all the ligaments, all the ligaments in your ankle, um, and then some hip hip uh, surgery. So that's uh, that's my my forte. It's uh, it's not very exciting. Who is that Duke doctor that you were talking about? Was it is that is his name Brian? No, damn, no, it wasn't Brian. Why? He, I know, uh, I know, I know a guy named Brian that went to Duke for medical school. Oh yeah, no, he's everybody uh, knows a guy he, named Brian. He, <laughs> no, no, he was super. He was super. T- <laughs> he was super tall. He was super oh, tall. It's like nine uh, one. Yeah, yeah, he was tall. He was he towered over me, so like I just assumed that he, maybe he played basketball or something. But he was so. I mean, I wasn't gonna be like, oh, you played basketball at Duke, but he was wearing a Duke. He was wearing a fucking Duke tennis hat, and I'm like, oh, did you play there? And he's like, yeah, back in '09 or '08 or whatever the fuck he said. Damn. But uh, but fuck. All right. Well, we you know we've been talking for about an hour ten now. Fucking bruises hammered at this point. There you go. <laughs> I got that piece in the oven. I wish we were on Zoom. I thought this was a Zoom call. You know, I was looking. No, I was gonna give a shout out to some ladies that might be listening. You know what I mean? It is. We cook you a mean pizza. I couldn't. I can't. Uh, I didn't do Zoom. I haven't done Zoom yet because just like yeah. for right now, it's just audio. And then on top of it, like call this crazy, but yeah, I get fucking crippling anxiety whenever I'm on camera. Oh, I, like, I don't like to be. <laughs> I don't like well, to be on camera. I, love I don't being like on to. Camera. But you need to have like a booth and we could just come in. If we had like a booth and you could come in, it wasn't like our faces, it was just like the room and like we were just talking into mics. But it's I mean for the best. Adam threw a couple jabs at me earlier. So I mean we 
Zoom called the other day. We were looking at some opportunities, and it was so funny because he sat too close. But he said he because he sat too close, but his head actually doesn't fit on the screen for Zoom. Like it blocks off half his forehead because his head is so big. So like he has to sit <laughs> super far back from the camera. And he's like, bro, dude, it's my chair. It's mounted on the ground. And like, it's a desktop computer. I'm like, all right, man, it is what it is. But just throwing a little love back at him for jabbing at me for being, you know, fat, here, here. Chunk, chunky at funky. Dr. Seuss is back. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. No, I got it. That's the next step is like getting, uh, getting like equipment and mics for everyone. And then that way you could just fucking do it straight up. Dr. Seuss. But, all right. So I got a couple more questions for you guys before we call it quits here. Um, one of them is since I'm obviously like Adam, you're successful in like doing medical sales. And then, you know, obviously you're into like business opportunities and, and stuff like that has any of that stuff that you've learned in so far in the real world is there anything that looking back that you're like fuck like i wish i would have learned this in school um or is there anything that you are have learned whether it is financially or just in general that you're like fuck i wish or i think they should at least teach that shit in school um honestly my school was like I, I was in the business school of my school, so we learned, I mean, just about everything, like, from, you know, hedge fund management, so basically managing, you know, large sums of money, but, you, I mean, if you, dumb, if you, you know, obviously divide $100 million into, you know, whatever the hell you got, and then, you know, invest it that way, you know, I th- that taught me a lot, um, you know, being able to calculate value like what companies should be valued at seeing if they're undervalued which is all based on stock you know it it equates to their stock price and things of that nature like that's what i did basically all the time in school so uh we did i had a few classes that were like at home finances so like basically taught you you know how to run you know if you were an adult so you had like three kids like budgets like all that nonsense. I mean, it's not considered nonsense because not a lot of people know how to do it. But, um, I mean, I, I thought school really prepared me for the real world. Like, it really did. I mean, I got a finance degree, and I'm obviously not doing anything in finance. Um, but that doesn't mean that I, like, I use my degree to basically manage my own money. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um I don't know. I think I think college is like the biggest place to make friends and get out of your comfort zone. So I think college was like it really helped me, you know, be able to be, you know, be able to communicate with just about anybody because my school was so diverse. Like I had a girl next to me in a lot of my classes that was from Egypt. She had her name started with a D. So like we sat always sat like they gave us assigned seats for our smaller classes and she always sat next to me. So like, I mean, she was from Egypt. She like, you know, knew like seven different languages it was insane but like you got to learn a ton of stuff from her and like her culture and all that it was like super cool and she was there for international business and it was like you know she could do some really cool shit and you know i sat next to her in class kind of like all the stories of like you know of people that went to college with bezos and like all these other people it's like you know i could have been in class with a lot of kids that you know might own companies someday whether it's a male or female like it's it's a pretty cool concept to think about. Um, and that I have like those connections. I could be like, Hey, do you remember me? Cause I felt like I made 
some kind of imprint, whether I was like late to class or something, at least I was there. And, you know, I, I would like try to crack a joke and, you know, because everyone was so serious all the time. And I was like, you know, yeah. trying to lighten the mood. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I thought college really did prepare me for the real world um, in, in a variety of ways. I, I don't know. I mean, but that's just because I ended up doing something that, you know, I, I basically do run my own business in terms of like my, my profession. Like I, I, it's like having a book of business. So it's kind of like finance. It like almost correlates like having your own book of clients that you manage their money. It's like, you know, you can kind of make a, a gist for it. So, I mean, I guess I, I, it did help me a lot for the real world. If, if that puts my uh, story into, in, into a summary. So. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. I'm with you on that. What about you, Brandon? So, um, to be honest, Adam, I heard you talking a lot and I took a lot from it, but I really was focusing on the pizza I'm making right now. So the question was, <laughs> the question was, um, do you regret anything that you like? Didn't no, regret? no, no, no. Oh. It was, uh, pretty much what, like, is there anything that from doing business and mm-hmm. looking into business opportunities and mm-hmm. being business minded, like you both are. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, shit you learned in school versus shit you've learned in the real world is there anything whether it be financially or just in general that you've been like fuck i didn't learn about this in school i i had to learn it you know i learned it in the real world maybe they should teach that in school yeah or if there if there is anything right no yeah um I mean, I, like I, I stated earlier, like, I feel like I've built everything off the hands I've shaken the people I've known. And, you know, I take little things from everyone, you know, like, oh, he does this right. I'm going to take this. He does this wrong. I'm not going to do this. So in school, I learned a lot from accounting, definitely, especially in my field. Um, You know, I work, I have my own CPA firm that works for me um, that, so, you know, accounts receivable department, accounts payable department. I have, so many vendors and doing payroll and just balancing our drawers and cash reconciliation. So accounting and finances and, you know, economics, I've learned a lot from, and I've taken a lot from, but I've also just taken a lot from, you know, wisdom that, you know, others, like Adam said, like he, he had so many diversity in his, in his fields. And I've met so many people. And I remember um, a teacher one time, his name was, um, it's like Jay Sean, I believe. Um, Sorry, Jay Sean, if you're listening out there and I pronounced your name wrong, but I learned a lot from him. He, he one, one time he said, I remember it. Like the teacher was just like, are you sorry that you didn't do your homework? Cause you failed your test. Like I, you need to learn to be sorry about things. And he, he literally said, he goes, I don't apologize. I don't say the word say the sorry. Word. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's just like, if I did something wrong, I'm, I'm going to learn from it. Like, what do I have to say sorry for? I didn't do it. What's sorry going to fix? I'm just like, wait, you're right. He goes, I was in the wrong. I shouldn't have done that or I should have done that, but I'm going to learn from it. And next time I'm going to do my homework to pass. What do I have to say sorry for? What's it going to fix? I failed the test and didn't do my homework. I was just like, wow. So like I take, I took more from, you know, people's life experiences than I've taken from actual school. But of, of course I've learned a lot, you know, from just wisdom and knowledge of others. Um, so yeah, no, I, yeah. And like, I, uh, I wanted to ask that because like, I find though there's a lot that people either do have to say or don't have to say, like, kind of like Adam's point, like mm-hmm. I personally didn't feel as though school 
prepared me for college. I mean, I, I didn't want to say it like that. I personally didn't feel as though school prepped me for the real world. Yeah. Um, in terms right. of like what you actually learn inside the classroom. I, but, I agree a hundred percent. But what it did prep me for was that in my opinion, I think college is nothing more than a social club and a networking club. So it taught Perfect. me how to network with people. It yep. taught me how to be Meet able others, to get out of your comfort yeah, zone. Exactly. And then like, if there is like, you know, someone that you want to interact with or connect with it, at first, like if they're not receptive to whatever you're putting out there, whether it's a girl, you know, you're spitting game at a girl or <laughs> like, you're trying to like, you're trying to, you know, meet someone that you believe can give you an opportunity or mm-hmm. can help you with something. You have to, you know, go back to drawing bird and be like, okay, fuck, like, that didn't work with this person. I got to figure out a new way to interact with that person. So I think for me, that's what it did for me, but like necessarily being like helping me in terms of like figuring out life. Yeah. No, no, I I agree to that point too. I agree to the point, which I might not have hit on that. You just hit on too, is that that's a great point, the networking and it it put you in opportunities. You might've never been in if you weren't there, but you know, I, I agree full heartedly. I didn't nothing I'm doing in my life. I couldn't have done if I didn't go to school. I'll say it like that. If I didn't go to school, I would still be who I am and I would still be where I'm at in my life. Absolutely. And now kind of like to wrap this up, um, the last, let me, let me add to that a little bit. So like, you know, Brandon did get to where he was by shaking hands and meeting the people that he did by what he was doing. But like, that doesn't mean that going to college, you can't do the same thing. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. It's like who you shake your hand, whose hands you shake and what connections you make. Like, yeah, can easily put like, put you in the same, you know, ballpark. It's just, yeah. Brandon came out on top. A hundred percent. And I also think too, at the same time, like that, that in it is like for you to, for you to, it comes natural. Like I feel as though it comes natural for me as well. Like, uh-huh. like there's no, like you don't have to think like if you see someone that you in your mind are like, I'm going to go talk to that person. You're not thinking like, Oh, what should I say? What should I do that? You just walk up to them and whatever comes to your mind comes to your mind. And then like that sparks the conversation. Yeah. Um, so I, th- but I think like for, I think that's a skill though, because for some people it doesn't come naturally. Um, but what I was trying to get at was like, I, d- there was nothing that like, I didn't need college to figure out who I was as a person. If that makes Yeah. Sense. Right. Yep. But I needed, I needed college to opportunity for opportunities and for me to learn more about who I already was as a person, if that right. makes sense. Yep. Um, so going, you know, last question for both of you and I'll start, I'll start with you, uh, Brandon, uh-huh. but if you could meet your younger self, the oldest you are, you're 18 years old, but you could be younger, but if you could meet younger Brandon today, based on all the experiences Ooh. and things you've gone through in life, up and down, good and bad. Yep. What, what, piece of advice slash what would you tell yourself to carry with you moving forward in the future um whether that's happiness goal achievement just yep. pretty much anything it could it could literally be anything yeah. yeah that's a great question um think about that for a second well you know no actually i i believe that you know you shouldn't yolo you only live once no regrets but i mean it's a true thing like if I regretted something, I might not be standing here talking to you being in the position I was and say, like, I told myself to do something different, like, obviously, like, oh, invest in it or save your money now and don't spend it and don't get into college debt and don't do this. Like, maybe I wouldn't have learned everything and got to where I was. So, I mean, I feel like 
what I would truly tell myself is at a younger age, I, I, I'm an emotional kid. I've mentioned crying a bunch. Like I'm not afraid to be who I am and say what I say. And I'm going to tell you like it is. You don't like me. I have plenty of people who don't, but people who love me, love me. Like you said, like seeing you, I already know what are we going to get into? And you love seeing me and same here. Like I literally love you guys. And like, I have so much heart on my sleeve. So, I mean, when I was younger, younger, I was always like, I wanted to be, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, be cool. I wanted to, you know, oh, that's like, you're, that's loser things to do. Like, you know, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. And when I, tr so I would tell myself at a younger age, like in middle school, I was trying to do stuff to like fit in. So like, I guess I mean, telling younger Brandon, just tell him like, like, Hey, yo, it's okay to care about things. Like I was so afraid to show my emotions. Like I would bottle up my whole life and go home and just like explode. So I'll tell myself like, it's okay to care. It's, you know, it's cool to try and things like something I liked. Like I remember I was so good at math, like really good at math. And I didn't like want to like answer the question. Cause I'm like, that's not cool to do. I'm talking at a younger age. I truly got to know who I was in like that middle school era. But like, it's cool to try. It's okay to not be okay. You know, I've lost a lot of friends and family and, you know, like mental health awareness. I, I got it tatted on me, the semicolon. Um, you know, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to talk. It's okay to like show your emotion and fuck. It's lovely to be loved. You know, it's like, why try to be mean or not? It's such a good feeling being genuine and loving others. Like, you know, show your heart, show yourself, be yourself. I wish like from a young, young age, I was just, you know, I kept my core values, which I have instilled in myself now at such a young age, instead of like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to pick this up. One thing I love, like what people always ask, they're like, you've been best friends with Adam DeMillo for so long. How I get it all the time. Like, not now, obviously we're grown ups. We talk about much more mature things, but like younger, like, why are you playing lacrosse? Like you could have probably been good. Like I, I loved baseball. I loved playing baseball. I stuck to what I wanted to do in my life. So, you know, that's like me being true to myself. So I'll tell myself like, Hey, no matter what it is, like I, I wear glasses now, but when I was younger, I only wanted to wear contacts. I was afraid to be like that kid, you know, that wore the glasses at a young age. So I'll tell myself, you know what, like you're going to look back in 20 years, bro. And you're going to be 25, 30 years old. You're not going to give a damn what Mary Beth thought of you on the playground wearing your glasses or what Ryan, the cool kid, thought you were a loser or something. Be you. Don't be afraid and show love, man. Fucking show love. Show people you care. You're a human being. We're all human beings. We're all built different opportunities. Don't come to others. Like, I know, you know, some people have it much worse than you. Don't get down on yourself. Life's too good. You know, fuck. Just be a good person. That's what I'll tell myself and smile. Life's Fuck yeah, I love that. What about you, big dog? Ah, uh, man, that is a really tough question. And I've been, I was focused on Brandon's answer because I respect him, unlike when I'm talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like 100%. Adam, let me talk. Brandon, 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 spinning, Brandon's spinning the pizza while I talk, but. <laughs> Um, what I would tell <laughs> Gotta myself. Throw jabs. Oh man, uh, I don't know, man. That that is really tough. I'd say 
shit. Never limit. I mean, not saying that I limited myself, but like, I don't know. I always felt like I put my knowledge on the like, like re. Like I should have read more. Like I should have been way more involved in school. Like, like I don't. Know, I feel like there's so much knowledge that I need to catch up on because I like was so focused on like sports and things like that that like. Fuck, like, I, I remember how uncool it was for, like, to, to not read a book. Like, remember we had book book reports, Brandon? Like, did you ever yeah. read those books? No. Like, no, we, we never read those books. And what so do we I'm do like, now? What do we do now? Like, we talk about it all the time. We read now. We got books and we read. I know. Like, I wish I read, like, like right. meaningful articles. Like, like I wish I read things. Not, not like, not, like, nonsense books, but I wish I read things, like, just make me more knowledgeable of just about everything because I felt like that would have like taken me to the next level as like a person as right, I got older like I feel like I'm a, a, a step behind in that aspect so I think that'd be one thing that I would tell myself um and man you watched the Tiger Woods documentary no I have not but I from what I know so about really it, good. he it basically make... turns it off he like tur- he like can shut things off like emotions and stuff and I felt like like when I was watching that, I was like, when I played sports and things, like, and when I was like trying to be as good as I could, like, I shut off all of my emotions. Like, I couldn't, like, I felt like I was just like disconnected, but I was because I was so focused on the goal at hand of like, you know, making a name for myself, being the best like athlete I could be, basically. And I'm not like trying to chew my own horn, but I I feel like that has had a lasting effect on me now, like in terms of like being able to be like I don't know, like. I Brandon wears his heart on his sleeve way more than I can, and I respect the shit out of that because like he does things. I'm like, man, I just don't have the balls to like be like emotional like that. I I don't know what it is. So I'd say that like be you know don't be afraid to be emotional and probably read more. Like be you know read read learn learn what uh what do you guys what do you guys read because I've Jeez, like for for some people listening, they're gonna be like, "That's fucking you're that's a fucking lie." There's no way, but like for yeah. people that like have had like close conversations with me, kind of like how you two have amongst each other. Yep. From the time I got back from Denver to probably today, I would say I've probably read anywhere from thirty to forty books. That's amazing. So, yeah. like, I just finished the Silent Patient. Awesome read. You know, very mind twisting. You know, you you feel like you're in the book. And then Adam's mom actually gave me a book called Little Fires Everywhere um, by Celeste Ng. It's a novel. It's I, I'm I'm so excited to dive into it and stuff like that. Where do you and I'll leave and we'll leave it on this. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, where do you, what do you two get from reading? Because for me personally, I feel as though I'm able to be a better communicator and I'm, and I'm, I'm able to be more empathetic and like understand people better. And what I mean, and what I, when I mean that is like, I mean that strictly like business terms from the aspect of like when before like how i was always programmed to read was like okay you're looking for an answer you got a report on this so it's like mm-hmm. i catch myself like just looking for something versus actually understanding what the fucking book is talking about and then once i understand what the book is talking about i realize like oh wait a second like all that effort i took into trying to understand what is going on right here if i i could apply that to real life and it's like oh okay that person's not actually bitching that they can't close in that amount of days. What right. they're really uh, upstre- upset and frustrated about is that it's like, 
if they don't close on this exact day, it's going to be costing them money and they may not have extra money to work with. So it's like their anger and frustration is not geared towards me not doing my job, even though that could be what I took it as originally, but Mm -hmm. there's really more to it. uh, And it's kind of like, how do I say like an onion, like there's layers to what is going on. And for me, that's why I read because that's, it helps me understand people better in the business world. So like for you two, yeah. like what does it do with you two? That's, that's, that's a great point. See, I was going to polar opposite answer to you. Like you're basically saying how you interpret and understand. And like, when I read, I read to like, you know, like how they say, like, I just want to get into a good book and get like lost and zone out. I read to like, it's like an escape for me. You know, I just put yes. my, my head in a, in a book and I just, you know, I just, I pretend like I see that author and him writing and I get lost in his vision and his work and the storyline behind it. And, you know, I sort of just, you know, it's my piece, you know, that's my, it's one of my vices. Like Adam says, like I come home and, you know, I'll pour a nice glass of red wine and I'll get into my book and don't get me wrong. I'll eat a large pizza tonight and watch Netflix. I'm not saying, Oh, go home and sophisticate. But it's like an escape for me. It's just like, there's so much going on and my brain is always evolving and, thinking and i'm into my work so much sometimes it's good to like get into someone else's work and get into someone else's thoughts and mind and you know i've never really interpreted it in like that because i do that all the time like what you said and the way you said it really clicked for me like i'm trying to find answers and dive into it and see rather than just like understanding and interpreting things so i'm that's a great point but for me it's just sort of an escape advice for me like you know just unwinding you know just getting into a nice book what about you adam um dude i i i read a little mixture of everything but the two, last two books i read were as it's called sapiens that yeah that's a good ass book so i read sapiens and then i read the the greatest beer run ever What's uh, the greatest beer run? No, I have not heard about the greatest beer run. It's about this. About? It's about this young dude from New York that, like, he's from some neighborhood in New York. I don't, I don't remember which. Maybe it was like in Harlem or something. And he like worked at a beer store, and he's and it was during the war, and he's like, oh, man, all the guys like from the neighborhood are are overseas. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him a beer. Like, just, like, randomly. He's like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to bring him a beer. And he works on, like, all these crazy ships. Like, I don't even know what it was like back then. It was probably nuts. Like, he, he like, just, oh, yeah. so he, he gets, a, a like, a bag full of beers, hops on a boat, and goes all the way, over, like, overseas. And, and, like, it was, like, the Korean War. And brings and, like, goes to all these different places, hitches rides, like, that he had no business getting on, like, <laughs> on random planes finding like some of his neighborhood buddies and just cracking him a beer from New York. That's so cool. That's and, was, and like crazy battles would go on while he was in these places. It was, it's fucking nuts. I, I, I recommend that. It's, it's such a quick read. I think I, in like the first day I read like 80 pages. Nice. It was like one of my uh, pandemic books. Yeah. I gotta, I'm fuck. I'm writing it down right now. The greatest beer run ever. Greatest beer run ever. I think we all should have a greatest beer run ever. I was just about to say that I fucking we've been we've been fucking chatting it up for fucking almost about fucking an hour forty now, but um, but yeah, so like with leaving it off at that, um, greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate both of you for doing this. I know how busy you are and shit, and uh, 
Once uh, we'll have to. I'm gone this weekend. I'm going to Boston this weekend. But um, when I get back, we'll have to get together, figure something out because it definitely bears yeah. on me for doing this. Absolutely, brother. Greatly appreciated. It was a good time, man. Honestly, keep doing your thing. And uh, I actually, I actually need, I actually, Guzda, I'm gonna need you to make some pizza because you can't, you can't be saying. Oh yeah. If you're gonna go out there, tell him what's up to end it real quick. Adam, tell him what's up. This this pizza's banging, dude. Telling you. I made a Big Mac pizza the other day. Me and Adam actually Sunday were making a chicken souvlaki pizza, a Big Mac pizza, and a cheese pep with some cherry peppers on it. And just three different varieties for, you know, his family uh, is coming into town. Um, So we're we're just going to be mucking, just mucking. It's a disgusting word. Oh, that's it. I'm telling you, one day. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram, yo. Follow me on Facebook. You know what it is. It's Brandy Goose. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm, I'm out on that. I'll talk to you guys. All right, later, fellas.